Congrats, said Ivy. And one in that really tall one, too, he said, pointing upward. Two condos in downtown Miami, plus three more in Fort Lauderdale. I was going back to my Blackberry, but Donald Trump, with the island accent, had snagged my full attention. You own five condos? Yeah, mon. No offense, but I know, mon. I drive a cab, but my mortgage broker says no problem. Who's your mortgage broker? A friend who live in Little Haiti. He used to drive a taxi like me. Driss is really smart now. We call him the Haitian sensation. Got me a Nina loan for 1.6 mil. Nina. No income, no assets, no problem. Just find a property appraiser to certify that the real estate was worth more than the amount of the loan, and 1.6 million was yours. All you needed was a credit score and a pulse. Actually, that pulse thing was optional, too. Reports of dead people getting loans were proliferating. To me, the whole subprime market was beginning to stink like an old fishing boat. And I was glad to have absolutely nothing to do with mortgage-backed securities. Even if they were making a few guys at each of the major investment banks filthy rich. They tell me so long as the property value keep going up, I'm safe, mon. I just flip this condo, make a nice flipping profit, pay off that flipping mortgage, buy another flipping condo. Just keep on flipping and flipping. That's the flipping theory, I said. He changed lanes abruptly, blasting his horn at a speeding motorcyclist, who apparently thought he owned the expressway. Our driver was suddenly agitated, but it wasn't the traffic. He looked genuinely worried. I could see it in his eyes in the rearview mirror. So, he said in a shaky voice, you think it keep going up, mon? Sure, if the law of gravity somehow changed. We can only hope, I said. I went back to my Blackberry. Ivy was now listening to her iPod, moving to the music. Salsa. I didn't know she was a fan, but apparently a visit to Miami made her feel more connected to her half-Latin roots. We exited the expressway and were headed into downtown Miami. The port was all the way east, near a waterfront mall that Saxton Silvers had financed. What the hell is that? Ivy said. I looked up. Flagler Street was Miami's east-west version of Main Street, and we were a block or so north of it. If your principal needs in life were Yo Miami t-shirts, sugarcane juice, and any kind of electronic device imaginable, this was your little slice of paradise. For me, it was an area I couldn't get through fast enough. Especially today. It was only two o'clock in the afternoon, but the shops had already closed, the doors and windows protected by burglar bars and steel roll-down doors. Something was up. Looks like Biscayne Boulevard is closed, the driver said stopping at the traffic light. Biscayne was Miami's signature north-south boulevard, four lanes in each direction, 
that were divided by an elevated tram and rows of royal palm trees down the middle. Office towers lined the west side of the street, and to the east, beautiful Bayfront Park stretched to the waterfront. Over the years, it had served as everything, from the famous hairpin turn in Miami's first Grand Prix road race to the televised portion of the Orange Bowl parade route. These days, the Grand Prix had moved elsewhere. The parade was no more, and Biscayne Boulevard had been swept up in the high-rise construction craze. We had to get east of it to reach the port. But on this sunny Thursday afternoon, all cross streets were a virtual parking lot. We're not moving, Mom. We sat through a complete light change and still didn't budge. I got out of the cab to see what was going on. Up ahead, traffic had ground to a halt as far as I could see.